Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 84. Now, you're probably going to get this podcast a little later than usual, and that's because I was on vacation last week, and so I'm playing a little bit of catch-up with podcast episodes, but I'm well-rested, I'm ready to go, and I'm really excited because today um, I've actually connected with uh, some of my friends for our for today's guest. And if you remember the podcast a couple podcasts ago with John Bunn, he highly recommended that I reach out to Matt Swaggart with Hold Fast Gear and hear his story, share his story with the audience. And it's just so it's so funny as we were uh, kind of talking to John, then I actually ended up having lunch with a good friend of mine and uh you, Matt, you were actually at the restaurant and uh, came up to us and he was introducing me to you. And I'm like, I, I actually need to talk to you. This is this is perfect. This is very fortuitous. So it worked out perfectly. But I'm, I'm really excited to share his story and some of the things that he's learned along the way uh, with his business, because I'm going to put the link for his website in the description. And I encourage every single person that's listening to the podcast, go check it out because he has some really cool products on there, a really cool brand. And I think if anything, you can just go to his site and just know right away what it is. And there's so much um, intentionality and design in just the website that I can't wait to get my hands on some of the products that he has because it, it just it just uh, permeates through his entire brand. So uh, Matt Swaggart is the founder of Hold Fast Gear, a handcrafted camera strap system and bag company for professional photographers and photo enthusiasts based in Oklahoma. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Say hello to the audience. And if you don't mind, uh, tell everybody a little bit about Hold Fast and, and why you got it started, because uh, I would love to hear the story and, and definitely share that with the audience. Well, Evan, it, it's uh, I just got to thank you first. It's an honor to be here. It's um, kind of humbling and exciting to be included uh, in what you're doing. But thanks for uh, reaching out to me. I think it was very cool. And yeah, John Bunn is a cool dude. He's a I've known him for many years. So it's kind of kind of a small world that we have here in Tulsa with some cool people doing some cool stuff. Yeah, so I started the uh, brand Holdfast Gear in 2011. I had been a professional photographer. Had I've been shooting for about a decade at that time. I was uh, just turned or about to turn 30. And it was kind of one of those moments in life, you know, you hit 30, you're wondering, okay, what am I going to do with my life? What does my life mean? You know, yeah. so I'm kind of having the, one of those moments. And as a creative individual, anyway, we sort of had these ups and downs, like we love everything we're making and creating, and then we hate everything we're doing and creating. We kind of have these ups and downs. So I was in one of these moments where I just didn't like what I was doing. I just wasn't happy with anything I was creating. I was shooting a lot of weddings and a lot of events, but I was wondering, okay, so where's my life going? Where's my life heading? And so... Um, I mean, it's really a, kind of a long, neat testimony, but you know, in the end, I just started praying and, and, and trying to figure out what God had for me, what my calling was in this life. And so uh, he, I got an idea for, for uh, a single camera strap 
And you remember I had been a photographer for 10 years and had this idea for a camera strap, but I have no experience in textiles or, or, or working or building things, you know, I mean, as a creative, I would take pictures, build websites, video, but nothing with my, my with my hands. And so, um, but I had an idea, so I just chased it. And I, and I think that's, what's important um, for creatives and for anybody, any entrepreneur or somebody in business is don't be afraid to chase ideas, chase them down, see where they go. Um, so I chased this idea. I had a camera strap made in a couple of weeks. I just started watching videos and reading as much as I could on leather and leather working. And, and I had some friends help and um, one idea led to the next. And, and next thing you know, um, that was in February of 2011. I got the idea for one camera strap. And by November of 2011, I had the website up and I was selling products. So it's kind of a, wow. kind of a quick, kind of a quick process. <laughs> well, I love how you're talking about how you had no idea how to do some of these things, especially working with leather. Uh, and before we get into that part of it, if you can, can you give a little bit better description of exactly what uh, what the gear is and, and, and how it helps professional photographers? Yeah. So um, I had been shooting for a, a lot of years. And, and the thing when you're shooting weddings is you don't have time to think. You've got to move. you got to go. you got to capture the story that's happening in front of you. I mean, that first kiss isn't going to happen again. You, you know, you, mm -hmm. you got to get, you got to get it. So uh, when you're shooting events, it's a fast paced environment. There's no second chances. So um, I started developing my own systems to carry. And I was, I was running with three or four cameras at a time. And, and I'd have like a normal lens, a tele lens, and then I'd have a real creative kind of camera film, whatever. I was just carrying lots of stuff because I didn't have time. I didn't feel like I had time to go look for lenses or change stuff. So uh, one of my first ideas was developing a strap that allowed me to carry um, one, two or three cameras, but could all be quickly accessible. And on the flip side of that, feel good on the body. I had been shooting for almost a decade. I was uh, coming up on 30 and I felt like I was like 40 or 50 years old. I mean, I felt <laughs> terrible. Like at the end of a wedding, I just had to crash and I'd be out for the whole next day. My body would be sore. My legs would be sore. My knees would be hurting. And I'm thinking, man, I'm too young to feel as old as I feel. And I was a pretty active guy and I would work out and stuff, but shooting weddings and events and that kind of work was just getting hard on me. So mm -hmm. I, I, um, when I started making the products, I knew I wanted to make something that can, um, carry the gear, uh, quickly, really accessibly, but also be comfortable and feel good on the body. Take pressure off my neck, take pressure off my lower back, allow me to move quickly, but also feel better. And then the third, the third pillar, so to speak, was it had to look good. Mm -hmm. most products at the time, I mean, this was 2011 when I started. So camera gear at the time was all black, neoprene, nylon. I mean, you look like you're part of the SWAT team if, when you start getting all strapped up with your cameras. It, it wasn't really a great aesthetic to have when you're showing up to the one day where everyone looks their best. I mean, at a wedding, everyone there is dressing head to toe their best. And then I'm showing up looking kind of sloppy, so to speak. And, and so when I started making, got the idea for the stuff and started making it, those were sort of the three things that had to be accessible, be mobile, had to feel good, and then it had to look good. Well, I'm glad you took the time to kind of explain what that is because I think until you really see it and you really understand what it is, and and for me, like when you have like a nice camera, like I have probably not a nice camera by professional standards, but a decent one, and it's not my iPhone. Um, those things are heavy, right? And so they're big, they're clunky, and you don't want them crashing into each other. So you're definitely like I trying to identify, okay, I have all this stuff. It's wearing me down. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. 
I got to figure out a way to make this better. So you knew that there was a need there. And I think that that's one of the, like when the listeners are tuning into this and they're hearing your story and they're trying to to, to relate and say, okay, I'm listening to this because I, I want to see what I can get out of this. I want to, I want to learn along the, the way and find ways that I can uh, apply some of the things that Matt's learned in his journey and maybe be a little bit more tuned into my journey. And so I, it always comes with that, that need, figuring out what that pain point is. And for you, the pain point was, I look like I'm about to go and invade a building with a SWAT team uh, and I'm tired, I'm exhausted and I got this stuff hanging on me and I just, I need to have better access to my cameras. And there's just nothing in the industry that's filling that need. That's that perfect moment when you need to take a step back and say, okay, there is a need here that I can fill. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get to that point. A lot of people think, yes, it's time for me to figure out what this problem is and then if I'm if I'm put, putting this back on myself, I go, somebody's already created that. Uh, they're, they're, they're probably already doing that. And so then it comes to the research side, right? You're like, all right, does this thing already exist? And then you just start going through it and you start doing the research and you start absorbing it. And for you, what you found out was there, there really wasn't anything like that that met all the needs that you had. Right. And what I really want to tune into is you took the next step of actually learning a new trade <laughs> to produce this product. And I think that's so awesome. So if you can talk a little bit about that, because for me, that would be like a really intimidating thing. Like I've had ideas for products in the past. I'm like, well, I'm not really an electrical engineer or I'm not really uh, like a, a woodworker or I can't weld anything right now. So there's just this huge chasm of just me not knowing what to do. Uh, so, and that prohibits me at some point. And then I'm on the re the regret train because I'm sitting there going because then somebody like you comes along and invents it and I'm like I had an idea for that back in 2010 and I totally missed the window and now look at it it's this awesome thing so talk a little bit about what allowed you to or what drove you to go in there and learn and challenge yourself to create this this new new thing yeah that, and that's a, a really good point I think you know we can dream big right and we can think about some really big grand ideas and grand schemes but then we look at that. We, we, once we've kind of we've, we've kind of dreamed all we can dream, we've kind of got this idea, and we think, oh, that would be really great if someone could do that. Then we look at it, and it's like this giant mountain, and you think, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't climb that. So mm -hmm. what, what I really learned, and kind of what I what I started taking in was, okay, yeah, you dream really big, but then you take a step back and, and then think, okay, it really comes down to a um, hundred, a thousand little steps that get you on top of that mountain, not just one big jump. If you try to make mm -hmm. it one jump, you'll never make it. You'll, 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 you, of course you won't make it. It's impossible. So you just take little steps. And so for me, it was, okay, I, I got the idea that I, I took a, took a step back. I thought, okay, what's the first right decision I can make? What's the mm -hmm. first easy decision, easy thing I can do. And so it was just really a series of just taking little steps, little steps, little steps until next thing you know, it's six months later and I have a website built and products are selling. And it's, it seems easy. And it really kind of is when you step back. You know, yeah. if you just look at it as the grand picture, it, it, you'll never get it done. And so for me, um, I couldn't sew and I didn't have any tools. I, I knew I wanted to use leather. So the first thing I did was, okay, I got this idea. I took a step back and I thought, okay, I, I know someone that, that makes drapes. They can mm -hmm. probably sew. So I called them up. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. And I went over her house and, and I, I told her the idea and we cut up some fabric and, and, and sewed it. And then I put it on and, and I realized it was really terrible. And I, but, <laughs> but when I had it on, I could think, okay, well, I need to fix this and adjust this. So um, it was really just a, a matter of, of connecting dots and taking a lot, of, a lot of little steps along the way. And, and through that process, 
you make one little decision. Well, it leads to another decision, another decision, another door opens, another door opens. It's sort of like a domino effect, but you just got to get started. And that's mm-hmm. the key. Um, and I see that happen. A lot of times I have friends or people come talk to me to talk about starting a business and they stop. They get overwhelmed at the big idea. And they don't just take a step back and say, okay, what's the first easy thing I can do? It's not about the, the big idea, but it's just about doing the little easy steps that get you to the big idea. And, and so uh, as I got rolling, I would just um, jump on YouTube and type in leatherworking and, and just watch videos. And, oh, okay, I can do that. Or, or I would see a tool that a guy's using and think, oh, that makes that part easier. I'd go down to Tandy Leather, which is here locally in Tulsa, and, and buy a tool and ask questions and kind of keep working. But the main thing is to not be afraid of the idea, not be overwhelmed by the idea. Just get going. Just start, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And, and, and I think, and, and you can maybe echo this, when you start to see other people doing similar things, it, it gets the gears turning. You're like, okay, that's possible. I know that it's possible because I've seen it done before, but it's actually possible for me to do it if I get these tools or I do this or I watch these YouTube videos. And and now it's not a uh, it's not a thing of, man, that I just I, I can't even fathom doing it. It's like, okay, I actually think I could do that. It's going to take some time to learn it. But then yeah. I, I think at some point you get excited about it and yeah. you you start to feel this newfound energy inside of you that's just like all you can think about doing is how can I make this better? How can I change this? And then you watch a video and you're like three fourths of the way through something. And you're like, Oh, if I do, if I do this instead. And so you got to go back to the drawing board and you got to change it a little bit. And so the design starts evolving. And the next thing, you know, you have this, this, this product or you have this thing that you've created. And when you first had the idea for it, it probably didn't look anything like that, but now it's evolved so much and you put so much of your time and effort into it you you get this newfound passion for it and it just fuels everything and it, it it feels to me like within 6 months you're already selling product that that feels really quick mm-hmm. what what do you think what do you think drove it to go as quickly as it did well i think w- what i found is there there's people that look for holes to fill and then mm-hmm. they try to fill them uh, or there's people that try to live in their passions and what they're excited about and try and try to put their hand to something that they're they're meant to do and they love doing, and then out of that flows ideas, and that's kind of where I fall. Um, I, I was passionate. I was a photographer, so I loved taking pictures. And through the course of taking thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures and being put in a lot of different scenarios, I realized there was something happening in my work that I was kind of hitting a lid, you know, or, or I wanted to present myself a certain way, but there was nothing out there that met that need. So in that case, passion um, was met with hard work. You know, so I had been working hard in photography and then I had a, a passion in photography and then it opened a door for me to see a, a hole that was there. But all the while, I just love taking pictures. And so mm-hmm. when I was able to t- start building products for that industry, it was just when when passion and hard work meets, that's when the magic happens, you know, not just hard work, because at some point you're going to burn out. Right. Unless mm-hmm. there's that there's that other thing that goes along with it. So for me, it was like when passion and hard work are working together. Then I think you you, you can kind of eliminate a lot of obstacles and you can get through a lot of mountains that way. Yeah, and I think there's a little hidden gem in there too because when you were doing the pictures, you knew you were passionate about it, but it was a grind, right? And right. maybe in that process, you were like, "Man, I know this is not what I'm." And I think you said it in the very beginning. I know this is not what I was meant to do. I'm 30 years old. I'm I'm doing this. I I'm good at it, but I don't necessarily enjoy it. 
But what happened was, is that hard work and that grinding led you to now what I believe you're truly passionate about. And so all that laid the groundwork and the foundation for what you're doing today, because you knew exactly what a photographer needed mm -hmm. uh, to carry all that gear because you'd been there and you'd done that. And so I think sometimes as humans and, and especially as men, we turn around and we look back and we we look at all the things that we we did in the past and, and, and almost kind of look down upon it or maybe despise it or just don't um, don't give it tr the really the true value that it has because you're looking at that and saying, uh, well, that was maybe me proving myself, but I'm better than that now. Whereas I think if we kind of flip that a little bit, if you're that young entrepreneur, that young uh, business leader that's just getting started and you're looking at all the minutia that you're having to do and something that I don't know yet what it is. But if I can look at it that way, then that's probably going to accelerate you on that path to actively looking for something and finding those needs, finding those those holes in your industry that you can fill and ultimately take you to that next level. Yeah, I think, you know, there's that there's an old saying, don't despise small beginnings. Yeah. And, and then there, and on, another thing is um, not living with regrets. And so those those two things to me have been really big in this process of, of hold fast gear and how you. Um, how I've devised how I how I can not live with regrets is how can I learn from situation? I'm not worried if I make mistakes. Like we're all gonna mess up. So if mm -hmm. I mess up, how can I learn from that? If I can learn from it, then then there's no regrets, right? Because you've learned something, you you've developed something on the inside of you. So for me, it's it 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 um, doesn't matter where you're at. It just matters that you're giving it your all, your very best, your very best work, and then you're doing everything you can to learn from every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Life is full of experiences. We're going to experience a bunch of stuff. We're going to have ups and downs, heartache, victories. But through all of it, what can I draw from each each situation, each scenario? What can how can I get better through it? And so that's I think that's that's um, when you're in that discovery phase, or, or that really allows you to have that discovery phase because you're always prying and prodding. Mm -hmm. You know, you're always looking for an answer. You're always looking how can I make this situation better? Or I just made a mistake. That really is a bummer. But what can I do? to not make the mistake again. What can I draw out of this? And it's in those, those elements where those light bulb moments happen and you're like, Oh, you see something in a new way because you're constantly prodding. You're constantly prodding life, you know? And, I, and, and in that way you can live without regrets, but then also it doesn't matter where you start. So it doesn't matter if it's, if it's small or big or wherever, if you can kind of keep pressing forward and drawing as much as you can out of it, I think that's where you have those light bulb moments. And that's where that real, discovery and invention happens. Yeah. They say fail fast and fail cheap. And I think that ultimately if you can remove that concern of failure, of, of failure being a bad thing yeah. uh, and, and embrace it and just realize that that's going to lead you to a breakthrough that I think in that regard, that's, that's some like almost a mentality we need to take because I think a lot of times, um, People want to stay in that comfort zone. They want to stay comfortable with what they're doing. So they're going to stay. I'm going to follow this line right here. And if you do that, yeah, you'll be successful. You can take you can take pictures, but you're going to be exhausted the next day. And well, you just have to you just have to come to terms with it. But if you push beyond that and say, there's a reason that I feel this way and there's something that I can use to fix this, then that's that's the next step. Yeah, I think uh, what you said something there, you know, kind of going about your day-to-day -day life. I think um, a lot of people, it's so easy to fall into just daily responsibilities that you just kind of get locked into that. And mm -hmm. then you come home and go to bed and you wake up and go back to the responsibilities. And, but the, those, you need to handle your responsibilities, but there's always also that extra element where 
you do what you got to do, get that done. But then now let me dream a bit. Now let me uh, chase an idea a bit. Now mm-hmm. let me um, put my hand to something I really love doing and, and not getting trapped into, like you said, just the minutia of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that uh, mentality of like, if I've been in this industry for 15 years, do I have uh, one year of experience 15 times? Or do I actually truly have 15 years of experience? And to truly have that, it's doing exactly what you're talking about. Dreaming a little bit, pushing yourself beyond that comfort zone, challenging the status quo, getting outside the minutia. You do have to do some of that, right? Those processes and procedures are in place for a reason to allow you to do certain things. But I even have that here with with my team. I I tell them, I'm, I'm not doing your job day to day. The processes and procedures that we have now are because those were the the things that made sense at that time. But if there is something that you see during your day-to-day interaction that would make that process better, tell me about it. Let's explore it. And we may have tried it before in the past, but maybe it didn't work in the past and maybe it works now. And it's just re-looking at that and not being afraid to question whether or not um, it can be improved because you can sustain or you can grow. Yeah. And growth is always caused by those uh, those challenge opportunities, those problems that come up that arise and how you respond to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that's pretty key. I've always felt like um, I had someone tell me once, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And I, but I, I heard that. I thought, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I've kind of lived that way. If you're not if you're not growing, you're dying. But I, I think what's um, really um, key in all of this is. Not you said you know, constantly challenging the norms and yeah you know, you've got your guys that are working for you. It's like hey we do this now but if there's a better way to do it let's talk about it and there's something really cool in that when I first started my when I started building products the first thing that people said was because uh, this was expensive stuff I was using leather and high end materials and hardware I didn't I, don't, I didn't have one business person that said this is a good idea you should do it I mean not <laughs> one you know and this was this was in 2011 and so it's a niche market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the economy was not great. So uh, every business person I talked to said, no one's going to pay the money for it. No one's making that kind of money and it's a niche market. Don't do it. Don't waste your time. But it was on the inside of me. Mm-hmm. So it was an idea. It was burning. It was like, okay, I got to try this. And I could have just stopped and said, okay, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. They've made their money for a reason. Uh, or I could have just kept chasing my ideas. And, and that's what I did. I just kept chasing my ideas. And it, all, all it cost me was a bunch of sleep. Yeah. When you think about it, <laughs> I put money into it, but then I just had to work harder to make that extra money. So yeah. sleep, it's just, I just, I just lost sleep every night. Uh, but in the end it, it took off. And so the risk was only losing sleep. I mean, um, this is kind of a little bit of a diff- different uh, topic, but um, I feel like resource always follows passion and hard work. It doesn't come, it doesn't come first, right? Mm-hmm. Resource doesn't come. And then you, you're able to do your ideas. I think once you're out there and you're chain and you're, it, it's like, it's like when you're actively chasing your calling, the rest falls in line. Yeah. What you need to happen will fall in line. And so then the resource actually follows you taking that step of faith, you you jumping out in and chasing those ideas, then the resource follows. And that's where people get caught up a lot is they're waiting for a resource to happen or they're waiting for uh, some special break before they jump out there. But in the end, when you just jump out there, really, you're just you're losing sleep. You know, so yeah. why not risk it? Jump out there. And for me, it was like I had all these business guys say, okay, don't do this. It's not a good idea. Um, I felt like there was a need. It was a, it solved a problem for me. And that's why I believed in it because it was a problem I had. And I was solving right. it for myself. And um, I just started fighting for it and, and working towards it. And resource just kind of kept coming. And, and it, it was hard. It's a lot of hard work. 
I will also look back on it and also feel like it was a bit easy too. You know, yeah. that sounds kind of weird. It, it, you know, it wasn't like it was, it was easy, easy, but it was just a matter of me putting my hand, hand to what I was supposed to put my hand to and the yeah. rest fell in line. Well, that kind of circles back to passion. Like when you're truly drawn into your passion and your purpose, you have, I'm not going to say an unlimited supply of energy, but you have, you have this life giving energy that really drives you. Yeah. And you said that you lost sleep, but I don't think you truly did because you wouldn't have been able to sleep anyway. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because you would go in there, you'd work on it and you just had this, this sense of accomplishment. I think of like, um, like Tom Hanks and Castaway when he builds a fire for the first time and he's just like I have created fire it's like it's like I have created this this is yeah. this was my idea that I created this I made this thing happen and there's just that just immense amount of pride that comes with that but like you said the resources then follow because they see how passionate you are about it and they're not necessarily always buying into the product at first they're buying into you they're buying into your passion for it and your belief into it because they're going to look at that, and, and we've we've actually had um, we had Kiva Tulsa on a, a couple uh, episodes ago, and they were just talking about the importance of when they're giving their loans, and when even banks are giving loans, they're looking at the individual for a lot of that. And so, if you've tuned into that purpose and turned tuned into that passion, they can tell that they can see that in your work, they can see that in the product, and that's ultimately what they loan to, for the most part. There's there's obviously other things that they want, but they're looking for. Uh, things like, you know, how many social media followers do you have? Like, how, how are you currently, like, what's your audience right now? And as they see that, that you've um, inspired this group of people to follow what you're, what you're creating and you're putting out there, it's so much easier for them to give those resources to you because now they, they know that you actually have already done a lot of the legwork in, in, in terms of getting the message out there. And you know that the audience is going to buy the product. And so it, it all kind of comes together at that point. But like, like you said, you, you, you were so driven to do it. And I actually think that's just hearing your story, why you were able to launch so quickly was because you were so tuned in to your passion and your purpose that it, it overflowed into everything you did. And it, and it, it allowed it to be more of a catalyst to explode the growth as opposed to just being a slow, you know, okay, well, we're going to get a couple of people and then we're going to get some reviews and then, you know, hopefully some people follow it. Maybe we get into a trade show. Like it, it just, if you're already producing and, and shipping product that uh, six months ago, you didn't even know how to work with leather <laughs> and now you have this high quality product. I mean, that's, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And you know, it's, 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 and it's beyond me. And I think that's, that's um, when we are operating, when we can tap into that calling that we're put here on this earth to do, and we're operating in that, mm -hmm. uh, that's when those mountains do move, you know, that's when you're doing something truly special. That's beyond what you're even capable of, you know, and, and I can't sit, sit there and tell you that I was a, a great leather worker, um, but we were building great products and it wasn't because I was something special. I think I just was, was fighting for what I believed in. And, and, and I was, um, putting my hand to what I was called to do. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that moment? Like you start creating your product, right? You're, you're actually shipping orders and you're starting to get that first round of customer feedback. What, what talk me through that because you've, you've spent all your time and effort creating this thing, put it out there and then you got to kind of wait, you know, it's awesome. But uh, up until that point from really hearing from others, it, you're waiting for that confirmation. So kind of talk a little bit what that confirmation was like. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of, it's it's really interesting because when you're, I mean I put out something that the industry had not seen yet, 
And I, I feel like no matter what, when you put out something new or something that people haven't seen, the first stuff you're going to hear is a bunch of just hate on, on <laughs> yeah. And hate's a strong word, but I mean, you'll just hear a lot of people just doubting it, you know, or whatever. Oh, photographers don't need that. Photographers don't want that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they haven't seen it before, you know. Um, so I, I really had to just develop some some thick skin for a while and just kind of shut that part off and not pay attention to it and just keep pushing through. You got to push through that. Just ignore that part and just wait for the people that actually use it and touch it and feel it and then hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can't, I do remember I was laying on the couch watching a basketball game. Um, yeah, it was a basketball game pre preseason, I think um, on a, like a Thursday night or something And my phone dinged with a sale. It was the very first sale from the site. And I jumped up. I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's, it's something sold, you know? And then, so the, so I, you know, I shipped it, got it together that night, shipped it the next morning that the guy got it. And I emailed him. I said, Hey, you know, let me, let me know what you think, what you get it. He got it. Loved it. Loved the presentation, loved how it worked. And those are the kind of stuff that you, you just kind of feed up, feed on. And because, you know, if you make a product, it, that product isn't going to work for every person out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, you can't have those expectations thinking that, okay, if, if one person doesn't like it, then there's something wrong with it. You have to wait to those people that you built it for people like you or whoever you're building that product for, you have to wait till they get their hands on it yeah. and touch it and feel it and see what they have to say. So all the, you know, I built it for someone like me, I built it for me. And so I knew there's probably a few more people out there that were similar to me. had similar ideas ideals and how, how they wanted to work uh, as they bought it and put it on, you know, I was listening to what they had to say. And so, um, and throughout the years, like I started this company in 2011 and every single year we make updates on all the products and it's just based on the people that love the brand, the brand, what are they saying about it? You know, is it working for them? Or if there's something that they would change, how would they change it? And I'm always constantly encouraging that kind of feedback so I can make the product better. Cause in the end, I, I just want to make, the best thing I can make, best thing in the mm-hmm. world. And you have to be open to ideas and open to listening to people and have listen to what they have to say, but listening to the right people, not yeah. just listening to everybody. Cause there's going to be, you're going to get a lot of hate, a lot of doubt and a lot of negativity. So you're, you're looking for that, those people that, that are in line with you. What do they have to say about it? Yeah. Well, I want to, tr- I want to uh, change a little bit here because there was something we talked a little bit about when we first started talking is just the, the, the change that happened from, the what the industry was and the very tactical approach and everything else and then you create this product and it's a whole different look it's very um uh classic i guess would be a good good term for it. i'm trying to think of uh it, it's it's very like a 1970s detective style i think is yeah. what you what you kind of uh, described it as and so it, it just has this 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 classic look and feel to it and so uh, if you can talk a little bit about like what happened when you actually started wearing the gear and uh you so you, you're going to these weddings and now you have this really custom professional look and feel to uh d- just your image your your you as the actual uh creative in the wedding uh Talk a little bit about what happened when you actually got your product out into the field and what the response was. Yeah, so I um, I knew that I want to pre- present myself and my brand a certain way, and I didn't want to show up looking like an aggressive like person when I'm going to this going to a wedding. And and also when you're going to a wedding, you're you're ending up meeting a lot of people you haven't met before, and you're working with and taking their pictures, and they've never met you, they've never seen you. And mm-hmm. you may have met the bride, or you may have met the groom, but then there's a whole bunch of other people involved in the wedding that don't know anything about you and you're showing up and you're trying to get their trust and, and get them to work with you. So what shooting weddings is a very challenging atmosphere. Well, the, the first time I wore, I have a strap called the moneymaker and it's, it's a leather 
it kind of, I mean, it's kind of looks like a, a gun holster from the seventies detective. It's like, you know, nice leather and mm-hmm. uh, has a camera on either side. You can put a camera in the middle. So the first time I made, I made it, uh, wore it to the wedding and it was really strange at that particular wedding. I was shooting all the bridesmaids. They were all models. So they're, they're people that are used to photographers have been, been around, um, uh, cameras and such. Well, I walk into, um, the getting ready part where all the girls are in the back and they're, you know, they're kind of getting all their stuff lined out and whatever. So I show up in there and I start working with them. And that's always for me, always the, 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 the time where I work the hardest because I'm meeting all those girls for the first time and they're around me for the first time. So I'm really having to, to work to get their trust and their approval. So then later on when we're outside and, and I'm trying to get poses done that they'll listen to what I have to say. So it's always kind of a real stressful moment for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I put on this this leather strap that was it looked really cool. I walk in there, the whole atmosphere was totally different than I'd ever experienced before. When I walked in, the room kind of got quiet and the girls were looking at me. And then I could hear them saying things like, "Oh, look at this guy, he knows what he's doing." Or, "Oh man, he looks cool." And I thought that was interesting because I had never heard that before. And they were saying things positive about me based on how I looked, mm-hmm. not how I was shooting. You know. And I thought Oh, it was kind of like one of those light bulbs. I was like, this is interesting. And then over the next few minutes, they started coming up to me and asking about my strap and what I was wearing. Where did it come from? It looked super cool. And they had not seen something like that before. And I thought, oh man, I just stepped into this moment. That's usually the most stressful time for me. And then um, these people in this room responded based on how I looked. They came over to me and it opened up conversation. So then I didn't have to work to get conversation with them. They were taught, they were opening up conversation with me, which makes that first phase a little bit easier, but then the rest of the day was so, so easy to shoot them. They just did whatever I said to do. Mm-hmm. I had developed some uh, rapport of trust with them based on how I presented myself. And it was like, Oh wow, that was interesting. And it, and it dawned on me that see my branding. Yeah. My, my branding is in my business card. It's in my website, but I'm going to be working with people that may never see my business card or my website. They may never see my work, but they mm-hmm. are watching me work. So then I'm actually part of, I am my branding, the way I display myself, the way I present myself, the clothes I wear. And that particular wedding was super easy. So then I thought, okay, I'll put this to the test. The next wedding I did, I wore the same straps, exact same results. And I was realizing that people were trusting me and my vision as a photographer because I was put together in a certain way. And I thought, man, this is, this is kind of, there's something to this. And so that's really where I started developing what the brand was about. I mean, one of the, one of our first taglines was um, your camera shouldn't hold your wardrobe hostage. You know, <laughs> your, your, your gear shouldn't take over your look, how you present yourself. They should go with, they should accentuate your style, not take over. So that's kind of how Holdfast really got started was in, was in that avenue. I love that story. And I'm so glad that you shared that because with that story, I think it's something that we can apply, not just to, to your industry, but really anything that you're doing in business is just, presenting that professional look and feel. They say dress for success or dress for the job that you want to have. But I think it's important, especially like if you're in a a service related industry that you take into consideration your brand and your image extending beyond, like you said, your business card and website. Because if you do that little social experiment that you did is, is the result. They see that and they're instantly that that trust is instantly created for them. And so they're that much more willing to go along with you and you're saving more time when you're doing that too. I mean, you only have one opportunity, like you said, to capture that moment, to capture that entire experience. It's just, that's one day that that person has been planning for a very, very long time. And so there's, there's definitely a high, a uh, high amount of stress and, and a very limited amount of time for you to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. But I think if we applied that to our businesses, if we applied that to our customer interaction, 
if we apply that to uh, an oil change, if we apply that to whatever your product is and really look at it from all those angles, how much less drama or how much less challenges will you have with customer and how much more can you accomplish just by changing your wardrobe or just by maybe taking that extra step and investing in a little bit higher quality gear. Uh, those kinds of things can make a huge difference for you so that later on when you're in those higher level situations, or maybe you're, maybe you, you're wanting to charge more for your services. Yeah. If you look that part, they will pay for it. If yeah. you don't look the part, they won't. And, you know, talking to John about the weddings that he, he did and, and just, I mean, the price point that he's at, it's a very high end price point. So they have an expectation of that, but that's because he's charging that price. And I think mm -hmm. that when you're in that situation and you're looking for everything that you want to do to get to that next level, don't discount how you look and how you present yourself because ultimately that's just as important as having a hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment in the back room. Nobody's ever going to see that, but they are going to see you. Yeah. Absolutely. I, th I think in everything we do, it's all about trust. It's about getting people to trust us. If we want to provide some sort of service or or give something to someone, we they have to trust us and they have to trust in what we're saying. And so much of that is completely on appearance. When people first see there, people are making judgments on us when they first see us. You know, mm -hmm. before we even talk, they're making judgments on who we are. And, and a lot of that comes down to just simple presentation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you shared that. Um, there's just so much to this. And I know that like when I, when I first found out what, what your product was and what you did, I'm just like camera strap, camera strap. But then I started to dig in. And like I said, I encourage everyone to go check out the website because when you see that part of the brand and you see the stories that you tell and the, and the people that are actually interacting with your product, it all makes sense at that point. And, and I love that. And I, and I hope that my listeners and people that, uh, that are wanting to take themselves and their brands to the next level can kind of use that as a case study because I pretty much know who you are or I know how your mind thinks. And I know that you're a creative person just by everything that you have uh, out there on your website, how you carry yourself and, and the products that you create, because now you have that right gear, you have that look and feel, and it is a higher quality product. And I don't think you have any problem getting what you're asking for because they, they see the value in all that. Yeah. And, and values are, is a pretty key word. And that's one of the things that I've really thought about a lot and it, something I apply to myself, I think you always get what you pay for in life. And mm -hmm. so, you know, um, when I started making products, I realized that I wanted to make something that had real value for people and I, I can offer them real value. And I can do that by making something that'll last forever that, that won't break. But mm -hmm. I can also do that by, if it looks good and looks good as it ages and it won't break, well then you've added real value to someone because now they've got a product they can use forever, not just something that's a shelf queen or something that'll break and they'll have to go spend more money. Um, you know, if you buy cheap at the at the start, that that cheap item, you might think that's a good value, but then in the end, that, that item might break. It'll wear out quicker. It just won't last. Then you're going to have to go and spend more money again. But then the other the other aspect of it is, I was building my products to carry heavy cameras. Well, if my product failed and a camera fell off and fell to the oh, ground yeah. and broke, well, that's that's a real that's a real bummer. So, um, for me, I felt like value wasn't in the price. Value was in staying power. So I wanted to make something that just looked that looked good from the start. It looked better as it aged and it didn't break. So yeah, you do have to ch charge more money for that up front, but in the end it's cheaper in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the challenge that you run into with that too is you get a customer, you give them this great 
quality product that never breaks and lasts a long time. The other side of that would say, maybe maybe we do want it to break a little bit. Maybe maybe we don't want it to last too long because if, if I make my product too good, you'll never come back and buy it. But I, I'm, I'm going to venture to say, as you keep innovating and as you keep enhancing, then you actually get people that maybe are upgrading their gear, even though what they have hasn't necessarily worn out. Yeah, I think when you make a, a handmade item here in the U.S. and you really put your heart and soul into it and you build something that's really quality, I think people buy into that. And they'll, they'll end up buying two and three, almost like a collection. But I do get emails all the time. People saying, man, I, I would love to buy this, that new moneymaker, but mine hasn't broke yet. It's just perfect. <laughs> and so yeah. I laugh at that. But then again, they end up coming and buying a bag or one of my other products because there's a trust level there. And they've realized that there is real value in that. Absolutely. Well, if you don't mind, tell me, how, do, how does the audience connect with you? How do they, how do they find the website? Like what's, what's, what's the, the best ways for them to connect with Holdfast and with you? Yeah, the, the company's called Holdfast Gear. So the website is holdfastgear.com and we're on Instagram at holdfastgear, Facebook at holdfastgear. So um, we're always pretty active when it comes to our, our social media approach. So um, you can find us on Instagram and we're, we're really responsive. So we, we like to talk back and forth with our people and, um, and we like to be there. So we, we respond quickly to our emails and we're on the website. So yeah, that's how you can, you can get a hold of us. Awesome. Well, I, I told you this question was coming. So you've had a little bit of time to prepare. You know who the audience is. You know who we're trying to reach. And I think we talked about a lot of great topics just in terms of, uh, you know, that entrepreneurial journey, finding your passion, finding your purpose. And it, there's these themes that just weave in and out of all the conversations that we've had on all the, all the different podcasts. But this is your opportunity to really speak directly to the audience, uh, that young business leader who's finding themselves in that leadership role, not just in their in their business, but in their family and in their home and all these other places. What would you what would you say your message is to young business leaders? I think for me, uh, I'd say don't let money make your decisions. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is when I was first starting the company I and I was building products, I needed lots of money to get started, to, to buy the materials and the equipment I needed. And I could have stopped there waiting for the money to come in. Mm -hmm. But I, I just decided that money wasn't going to be a factor for me. I wasn't going to let money make my decisions. I was going to keep working and keep fighting for it. And what I found by that is the money followed followed my passions. It followed my ideas, not vice versa. And I see so many people get caught in a trap where they're either waiting on the resource or they're um, compromising their ideas because of money or because of the resource. And I think when you start doing that, that's when you start – that's when everything starts falling falling apart. So I would say don't let money make your decisions. Don't let money dictate your dream and your vision. You, you've got to dictate your dream and vision and just wait for the money to follow it. Awesome, Matt. I appreciate you taking the time to speak to my audience. I'm real excited to share your brand with them so they can get a better understanding of who you are and what you do. But I appreciate, like I said, you taking the time to to, to speak to our audience and, and to really uh, give back to them. Uh, listeners, just remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.